0: Wow, what a challenge we have from these children to memorize Scripture. Many of us may have memorized Scripture years ago, and we stopped doing it. And so today I'd like to give you a challenge to memorize the following Scripture. <clears> 2 <throat> Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. You'll see it up here on the screens. And this is an incredible Scripture that we're using as the theme for our time together over the next few weeks. As we're looking at this message series called Reflections. Like I said last Sunday, I think this is the premier verse in the New Testament about how you actually grow spiritually. So let's read this together. This is out of the New Living Translation. I really like this. Read this out loud with me. So all of us who've had that veil removed. Okay, let's start all over. That's where I want you to really see those words. That you can see and what? reflect let's let's all read together again so all of us who've had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image what a great verse you see here's our goal our goal is to behold and to become that's the way spiritual growth happens When you begin to behold Jesus, that's your end of the bargain. His end of the deal is to change you. Now, now we see this in the New Testament with the apostles. I I love the story of the apostle John. When we first meet John, John is quite temperamental and hot-headed. I mean, Jesus goes through this one village in Samaria that rejects him. And when they get outside the village, John says, Lord, if you... Would just do me the favor and oblige me and let me call down fire from heaven, we'll get rid of this problem. I mean he's a little hot-headed, and then he's, he's sort of egotistical. He has to be you know, on the right and left-hand side of Jesus. But we see in the middle of John that this is the disciple that Jesus loved. If Jesus had anyone he was closest to on this earth, it was the Apostle John. And what happens is this hot-headed, temperamental fellow who is loved by Jesus. By the time we get to the end of the Bible in the first century, the way we know John is the apostle of what? Of love. He's been changed by Jesus' love. And that's what happens when we begin to behold Jesus, we become like him. Now, here's a statement. That I want you to gather because I think here's our problem in getting to know Jesus. Our problem is that too often we miss the dynamic personality of Jesus, we just miss it. Oh, we, we go and we read the Gospels and, and we just see a, a, a one dimensional Jesus. It, it's like having your picture taken with a cardboard cutout, it, it's just one dimensional. Often we talk about Jesus. Anytime we bring Jesus up, we say, well, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And that's true. But that's just one dimension of him. If all Jesus had to do was to die on the cross, then God should have let Herod murder him with those other children because Jesus was perfect then. Jesus had to do more than die. He had to live a life with personality that would change us. But here's our challenge. It's like the challenge... Of, of all this new social media, texting, Facebook. Anybody ever get in trouble with that? Because you, you say something, you mean it one way, but it comes across another way. When, when I first got on Facebook, I mean, I was just having a big time, you know, just sort of sarcastically responding to all these things. And my children say, Dad, you can't do that. They don't get it. <laughs> uh, the other day I was actually on the phone with Kenneth Hill. And now I wasn't on the phone, I was texting with him, which I hate texting. But anyway, so Kenneth texts me, and I just sort of text him back. And we, we text back and forth for about 30 minutes. And finally, Kenneth texts me and says, Gina looked at this. She thinks that you're just being sarcastic. Are you being sarcastic or not? I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> well, I thought he was, so I've just been sarcasm back and forth, you know, for about, about 30 minutes. Guys, text messaging is so bad that for someone to get what you're saying, you have to tell them to laugh. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) I mean, it's, and guys, sometimes when we look at Jesus, that's about the way it is. We don't see the personality. We don't see the facial expression. We don't hear the tone of his voice. And so we miss to a great degree what's really going on with Jesus. And therefore, we read the Gospels, sometimes we come out like the movies did. I mean, a few decades ago, you see the movies of Jesus, and he's just the somber, sad Jesus. And over the last couple of decades, we've just seen the smiley face Jesus, right? And what we've got to see is Jesus does smile and Jesus does laugh and Jesus is quick-witted. But he's also bold. He's also serious. He is sarcastic at times. He's brilliant. He's scandalous. He's absolutely unpredictable. You can't put him in a mold and get him. you got to get the whole picture. Right? And so today I want us to look at what I'm calling the playfulness of Jesus. Because sometimes I think I've missed this. He really is quite playful. You know, I, was, I, was, I went online this week uh, looking up things on playfulness. There was one site that said, 25 steps to becoming playful. <laughs> Step number one was hang out with children. Did you feel yourself wanting to be playful when the kids were up here? When the little girl says, I got to go pee pee. (laughs) I got to get up. Thank you, Chris, for saving the day. But I mean, you just, you you love that moment. I'm telling you, being a grandparent will turn you into an absolute fool. (laughs) You've experienced that because it makes you playful. But here's what I want to say to you today if you want to become more playful, the number one way to become more playful is to hang out with Jesus. I mean, we're going to look at lots of quick little stories about Jesus and his playfulness that maybe you haven't seen before. Let's start back at the beginning. First of all, I'd say that Jesus was a playful creator. I mean, John chapter 1 verse 3 tells us that through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. I mean, think about that. Jesus, he's the creator. Have you ever looked at his creation I mean, if you want to learn about an artist and, and what their personality is like, you look at their art. You want to see the playfulness of Jesus, then look out there and just see. You ever watch chipmunks play? You ever see um, polar bears cascading down the snow? Or otters out there just playing together, actually playing tag Or those dolphins that will follow in the back of a wake of a boat, jumping up and down. I mean, you look all over creation, and there's incredible playfulness in creation. He didn't have to create it that way. It's a reflection of his personality. And then if you really want to laugh, just look at people. I mean, I love the story of Abraham and Sarah in the Bible. I mean, they're in their 90s. And God comes and tells them they're going to have a baby. And they can't help but stop laughing about having the baby in the geriatric ward. And Medicaid paying for the birth, you know? And and, and they're trying to stop from laughing. And God even joins in the whole laughter because he names Isaac what? Laughter. That's what it means. I mean, we, we have a playful God who's able to... Join in the joy of life Let's go to jesus. I, I love this one john chapter one I think you can hear the chuckle in his voice If you'll listen close enough just the chuckle in his voice Now let me tell you the story here. Jesus is called philip philip's begin to follow him He's gone and got his buddy nathaniel And, and when he sees nathaniel You know, he calls nathaniel and he says, you know, I, i've never seen an israelite who had so little pretense and Nathaniel says, well, Jesus, how did you know that? And Jesus says, oh, I saw you under the fig tree. <laughs> and then Nathaniel says, you are the son of God and the king of Israel. And they, can't you hear the chuckle in Jesus' voice when Jesus said, you became a believer simply because I saw, I said, I saw you under, one day sitting under the fig tree. Man, you haven't seen anything yet. You believe because I just recognized you sitting under that tree? I'm about to feed thousands of people with a few loaves and fishes. I'm about to make blind people see. I'm about to calm the worst storm you've ever seen. I'm about to resurrect somebody from the dead. I think it's pretty funny that you can believe in me just by that. I love that story. You keep looking. Just look at the... um, This one, I just think Jesus was just being... uh, Just plain old fun... Matthew chapter 17. It's a really odd story here. Peter's talking to Jesus about the temple tax and whether they should pay it or not. And and, and Jesus, you you know, goes back and forth with Peter. And finally, Jesus says this. I mean, this is going to sound like an Irish fable. But so that we may not cause offense, go to the lake, Peter, and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch... Open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Tax was two drachmas apiece. What a crazy story. Okay, Peter, let's pay our tax. We don't want to offend anybody. Go fishing out there. Whatever is the first fish you catch, open its mouth, reach down in there, and you're going to find four drachma. Now, one commentator tried to make this serious. He said, here's what it is. Opening the mouth of the fish represents the open heart of the people when Peter becomes a fisher of men after the resurrection. <laughs> you believe that? I think Jesus is just having a good time. And he just played along with Peter. You've got to see the humor in the story. Then, how about this one? You see just a, a twinkle in his eye. He sent the disciples out. He's told them, I want you to go out and preach, I want you to do miracles. And they've gone out. And they come back to Jesus, and they're just bursting with joy. And they say, Jesus, my well, we, we've been casting demons out in your name. We've been doing all kinds of amazing They're just bragging to Jesus like a child to their dad. And then look what Jesus says in verse 10. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Man, you guys were doing such a good deal, man. I was back here watching it all. Satan's falling like a, like a flame of lightning from heaven. You're doing such a good job. Or look at, look at this one. Uh, this is pretty amazing. In, in this story, Jesus plays what I call the disguise actor. Now listen, in this scene, I think Jesus is pretty overjoyed. He's resurrected from the dead. He's got the keys to hell jangling from his pocket. He's got redemption in his other pocket. I mean, everything is going great. And there's these two disciples. And they're walking on the road to Emmaus. They're just walking together. Um, All these crazy things have been happening the last few days. And Jesus joins them. But he disguises himself. They don't recognize him. I don't know if they're so tearful. Or I don't know if he disguised his looks. But the Bible says they don't recognize him. And they get in this conversation. And they're talking about what's been happening with the crucifixion and the resurrection. And, and Jesus says, what are you talking about? And they look at him and say, you don't know what's been going on? If you not been paying attention? He says, tell me about it. And they say, well, there's this guy, Jesus, and he was a great prophet. And he did mighty miracles, and he died on a cross, and we hoped he was the Messiah. And now there's some women out there saying they've seen him resurrect and Jesus just plays along with the story. Just lets them tell him all about him, and then you see what happens. Verse 28, as they approach the village to where they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. He just plays on with it. He's just just acting like I'm just going on to the next village. Why? So they can stop him and say, Would you stay with us? And so you, you know the scene there? He stays with them, they sit down to eat. Jesus breaks bread with them and he prays and then their eyes are opened and they know it's Jesus. It's such a cool scene. But do you notice the playfulness of Jesus? Just to, you know, what's been going on? I, I've not heard about this. What, what what what's happened here? Oh, really? You believe this? You don't? Know? Let, let's look at one more story. I want to look at it a little bit more in depth. I think it's a it's a really, really great one. Because in this one, we see Jesus, and we see Jesus, really, what I say, in an inside joke. And you've got you to gotta slow down, guys. Here, here's what messes us up sometimes, is we get reading the Bible and we read it, you know, like it's constitutional material. We read it like it's a, a, a law book, guys, when it's a, it's a biography. It's a fascinating biography of a fascinating personality. And sometimes we get to John 21, it's after the resurrection, and and, and we don't really catch all the little odd things going on in this story. You know, there was a book written by uh, a guy named Elton Trueblood a couple of decades ago called The Humor of Jesus. And and basically what Trueblood was trying to do is prove that Jesus was humorous. It was a most unhumorous book, but it proved that he is humorous. And when you get to this story, I think you're going to see it all over. Let's just read the story. John chapter 21, all right? Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and they got into a boat, but that night they caught nothing. Does that surprise you? Are the disciples ever catching anything in the New Testament? No. Look what happens. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. He just shows up. But again, the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you anything, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, "What's this. Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped in the water. Then the other disciples followed in the boat. And look what happens towing the net full of fish for they were not far from shore about a hundred yards when they landed they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish and some bread. Jesus said to them bring some of the fish you have just caught isn't this a great scene do you, do you, can you picture in your mind Jesus just fixing breakfast for his disciples so Simon Peter climbed back into the boat And dragged the net ashore, it was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Now what a great story. Are you catching it? Here's some things you need to catch in this story about what's going on with Jesus. First of all, look here, these boys have gone back fishing. I think they're confused at this point. They don't quite know what to believe. They left their nets to follow Jesus. They've gone back to them. I wonder in my brain, just trying to put myself in the story, do they go back to their favorite fishing hole? Is this deja vu? Is this back where they first met Jesus? The story sure sounds that way. Because the first time Jesus met them, again, they're up all night and they hadn't caught a thing. And Jesus says, cast, cast your nets. And then they bring in a big boatload. And Jesus comes back and he says, again, I mean, it's like, let's relive the story. Throw it out on the other side. Bingo. Bingo. I mean, nets are bursting. John says, Peter, we got to get this. It's the same Lord who did this before. And Peter's so excited, he jumps to run. But thank goodness he puts his clothes back on. Do you recognize these guys are fishing naked? All right? Puts his clothes on, swims to the shore to see Jesus. What a scene. And here's the fascinating, here's one of the most fascinating statistics in the Bible. Who counted the fish? 153 fish. I mean, Jesus has fixed breakfast. Do you really think before they sit down to eat, they go, one, two, three, 140, 141? I, I I don't think so. I, I think at some point Jesus just says, You know, guys, I don't need a calculator. There's 153 fish over there. Is that unbelievable? I oh, want a scene where Jesus comes despite their doubts and, and their confusion, and Jesus' personality comes out, and Jesus allows them to see who he is as he just sort of plays along with the story. And here's what I want you to see this morning. We got to see this. Jesus was human. He was enjoyable. He was playful. And people were drawn to him. You know who wasn't drawn to him? You're the only folks not drawn to him? It was the tight pants religious people. They couldn't handle a playful God. He didn't look like God was supposed to look. He's supposed to look somber and serious and dull like they did. And that wasn't Jesus. So here's our point. So I want you to get out of this message today. When we see Jesus as he really is, when we behold him, he becomes more attractive. You guys, here's, here's our problem. Let's just be real honest here. We are more attracted to other things in our life than to Jesus. That's why we're willing to watch shows for hours on end, but I cannot find 15 minutes to read my Bible. That's why we're willing to go to sporting events and spend three or four hours at a game, and yet I won't stay for Bible class after this worship service. Why? Because... We've not been drawn to the personality of Jesus. We've had we've been like we've been text messaging, guys. When, when, when he's saying, L-O L. He's saying, Look, look at who I am. Look at th- This is the clearest picture you're ever gonna see of God. And God is not some kind of kill joy. God is someone who enters into the joy with you. God is even playful. And as we see that. We're attracted to him. Why do you think so many people want to follow him? Why do you think children want to sit in his, in his lap? Gordon McDonald said years ago, I would have no faith in any man's Christianity who don't periodically have children playing on his doorstep. They want to be with Jesus. And here's what I'm telling you. If you will take off your religious eyes, if you will get less uptight... And just go read about Jesus and enjoy the stories. Don't be on some marathon Bible reading program where you've got to read 10 chapters a day. Just go get in the story. If you just read one story a night and put yourself in his place and put yourself in their place and chuckled a little bit and cried a little bit and looked at the dynamic and maybe got shook up a little bit. I mean, his personality is dynamic. I'm just talking about, about one part of it today is his playfulness. Sometimes he's going he's to he's sucker punch you. Sometimes he's going to shock you. I'm going to tell you this. What you're going to find out about him is exactly what they found out in the first century. He is unpredictable. But he is so stinking full of personality and life and joy that you're going to be drawn to him. And you're going to want to spend time with him. And the preacher doesn't have to stand up and beg you to go to a Bible class because you want to get into it. And, and no one has to force you into having a quiet time because you just want to spend a little bit more time with him because he's so fascinating. So, guys, when we behold him, he becomes more attractive. And, and then here's the really cool thing, guys. We start becoming like him and we actually become more attractive ourselves. Why are so many people put off by the Christian faith today? And some of it's because they just don't want to hear what's true, obviously. But some of it is that we have presented such a somber, killjoy attitude that do you really want to come be a part of that? I might just sort of picture some of us trying to invite somebody to church. we really love you to come to church with me. Well, what's your church like? Well, you know, we... Um, we're sort of sad, but um, we'd really love you to come to church with us. Well, what's this about? Well, well, you'll go to heaven, but when you come, you just be miserable with us for a while till you get to heaven. All right? That's not our invitation. Christian people ought to be the most joyful people on the planet. Amen. I mean, we ought to be the people. Uh, the Apostle Peter said that make the gospel attractive. Now, I don't agree with all the Pope's theology, but I sort of like this Pope. How about you? Listen to one thing Pope Francis said. A sad saint is a sorry saint. (laughs) That's pretty good. A sad saint is a sorry saint. That's right. Guys, as we're attracted to Jesus and we become like him, we're going to be full of personality. And it's not going to be a cardboard cutout. And it's not going to be code like a text message or an email. It's going to be personality plus. And guys, what's missing in our world is we live in a world despite all of our things, despite all of our success. People are dull. They're bored. They can't find enough fun things to fill up their life. I'm going to tell you what will fill your life with more joy than you have ever known, whether you can schedule a trip to Six Flags or not. It's when you begin to fall in love with Jesus and you begin to live with his joy and his laughter and his life and his passion and his mission. People are dying on the vine out there because they don't see that anywhere. But if they saw that in us, I think they'd want to join us. I think they'd love it. So let me ask you today, are you becoming like Jesus in this area? You know, I I, I find that the older I grow, if I'm not careful, I lose my playfulness. Life is so serious. There's so many bills to be paid. There's so many people to see. There's so much work to be done. There's so many problems out there. We're deluged by problems and health problems. And I understand. I understand it will, it will knock the life out of you if you're not careful. But see, we know something more than all that, don't we? We know Jesus. And I ask you, are you becoming playful? Where are some places you need to be more playful do your children, your grandchildren, do they need to see you with more joy? You want to pa- Let me tell you this. You want to pass your faith on to your children. I don't care how much time you spend teaching them and lecturing them. If they don't see joy in your life, they're not going to want your faith. You need to become more playful with your spouse. You need to become more playful where you work. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just get so sad on what I'm doing, man. It is like zeroed in. You need to be more playful when you go to school so people can see another side of Christianity? You need to be more playful at your workplace so people can see, you know? We're not here just to straighten everybody up and correct you if you say a cuss word. We're here to show the joy of Jesus Christ. So I ask you today, do you need that? Do you need to, to get your joy back? And yes, I think that number one piece of advice is pretty good. Go, go get involved in the children's ministry. I think you'll have more joy than you've had in a long time. But number two, if I'd say to you, go be with Jesus. Now, one thing I love about Jesus is, you know, some people don't know when to cut the playfulness out, do they? And some of our problem is we're, we're just always playful. You know what I mean? And, and there comes a time for a serious moment, and we don't know how to have a serious moment. Now, let me say this. Jesus knew how to have serious moments. Jesus was here on a mission, and that was to save our souls. And yes, he could also be a man of sorrows. And yes, he was acquainted with death. So don't get the idea that Jesus, he's just this silly guy walking around. He's not. But I, I would propose to you this morning that even when Jesus is being playful, he is being serious. Because he didn't just come to save your soul and to give you a get out of hell card. Like I said at the beginning, he could have died right up front and been through with that. He came to show you and I how to live. And I would say this morning how to live playfully, how to live joyfully. Why does he say, if you want to come to my kingdom, you've got to come like a child if that's not what he meant. You've got to have the exuberance and the innocence and the laughter of a child if you want to really be a part of what I'm doing. So I ask you today two questions. There may be somebody here in that you need to be saved. And he did come to save you. And he was, this is a bad thing to say, but he was dead serious about it. He, he was, and he did everything you need. And today you can be saved not because of your goodness or your performance or your abilities, but because of him. And today if you want to be saved, come. But for some of us who've been saved, we've got to see a little bigger picture here. He also wants you to live alive. He doesn't want you just to just exist till heaven. He wants you to bring heaven to earth right now. And if life and the devil's beaten, the joy out of you, why don't you let us pray for you today? One of my favorite prayers in the whole Bible is in Psalm 51, where David says, after his incredible horrendous fall, "Lord, would you restore to me the joy of my salvation?" I know I'm speaking to some people today who you've lost the joy of your salvation. And you say, that's not a big deal. Yes, it is. It's a really big deal. It was a big enough deal for God not only to be a playful creator, but for God to come to this earth and have a playful personality that says, this is the way you're meant to live. And if today we could pray for you, that that joy would come back, why don't you let us before we leave this place? If you need to come, come right now while we stand and sing.